0: Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And I'm Joan of Hart. And good Lord, it has been a dramatic week for the guitar <laughs> industry specifically. I, it's Drama. unprecedented. <laughs> yeah. So for, for those who haven't heard, uh, it came out on Thursday, I believe, that allegedly, and this is a big allegedly... Um, because my, my mother sent me this article that allegedly Fender laid off 300 employees. Oof. And for what it's worth, everything that's been discussed is mostly alleged. Um, the the big uh, video that came out with this was Dylan Talk's tone. However, Phil McKnight uh, covered it in his live stream last week that Fender was, was having layoffs. So it seems that... T- I don't know who Dylan's sources were. I don't know who Phil's sources were. I don't know if they were the same person or if Dylan's source was just watching Phil's video, which I don't think it was. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where no names have been named, no sources are public. I could find one tweet where someone was talking about getting laid off from Fender from last week. And, Mm. uh, you know. If 300 people get laid off, it's not going to be like quiet for very long unless they signed paperwork to get severance. But um, let's just talk about what was alleged. Allegedly, Fender laid off 300 employees, most of whom were at the Corona California factory that makes a lot of if not all the American made stuff, essentially a whole shift. I don't know if it was literally they laid off a whole shift or if it was a whole shift's worth of people. But it's, you know, alarming to see layoffs of that size, especially when, you know, back in March, they're bragging about record, record sales. But that's also I've seen that happen before. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's disappointing. But I've seen a lot of theories. (laughs) Have you I should ask you first, Joe, have you heard anything about all this?
1: I'm on the uh on that layoffs thing? No. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just basically caught some of the similar things that you had seen. And, uh, you know, for the most part, it, it, again, it's all speculation. And I think we want to err on a side of caution to the viewers Mm -hmm. basically to say, we're talking about this, but until more of the details come out, um, again, we'll find out as things unfold, but right now it's speculation.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, Known that at least one person said they were laid off. I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure it was more. Phil made some. Alle- I don't. I don't even want to say allegations, but he said that some stories had been recounted to him about the quality of like the workplace. Um, mm. One thing that surprised me, and this just seems too high to be true. Um, gosh, what is that word even? I'm. Blanking, uh, not a re- return rate. Or what am door? I thinking of? No, 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 no. Uh, give me one second. I have ones <laughs> rework rates. Okay, rework slash repair rates. So a rework rate is essentially a higher number says that things aren't passing quality control, so they have to be sent back to be repaired yeah and dylan claims that he has heard rework rates as high as 50 percent, and i think the industry goal standard is five ouch that so if half the guitars yeah if half the guitars are failing quality control they have to be sent back i then that seems pretty systemic i don't think you can just blame workers like that that just says to me like something is really wrong with the factory because um, you can blame you can blame some rework rate on specific employees sometimes um, but this that's that seems systemic I yeah. I don't think that just people are like oh man if if that's their rework rate then maybe they should be firing a lot of people maybe those people should not be making oh, guitars my. yeah they as, weren't f- as far Sorry, they weren't they weren't fired. They were laid off. That's different. Also kind of easier legally, I think. What were you going to say? Yeah, what I was going to say is, again,
1: sometimes when it comes to environments, uh, if there is any kind of toxic environment where the employees either aren't treated fairly or it's a situation in which they're unhappy. Yeah, quality will go way down. And that also could explain it too. Um, as far as people are like, I don't care. I'm not getting paid enough. Like, you know, my Mm -hmm. boss was a dick. Like we don't, again, we don't really know, but to have that high of like a rework number, like something's going on.
0: I would take that with a Himalayan salt lamp. Yeah. Grain of salt. (laughs) Huge (laughs) grain of salt. I mean, that just... That sounds so high, but you know, we've, we've talked on this podcast about quality control issues with Fender lately. I know someone who got a custom shop guitar and the case wouldn't even close. I've talked to um, techs and luthiers who do repair work and they talk about the amount of both Fender and PRS guitars that need to have really little things fixed. Um, I mean, sometimes you got to forgive stuff like my Squire baritone, the out, the in, output jack was um, a little bit loose. So I just replaced it. Um, you would kind of expect that on a lower level guitar, but you're not expecting it on like an American made Fender.
1: No, I, I also yeah, I also saw someone posted a video of they were doing, I guess, a setup on a, I guess their equivalent of kind of like their American Pro Series Fender. And I was seeing that there was a huge like dig scratch like right on the metal right near with a volume and toad knobs where like this is a custom guitar that this person just bought from the factory how did that like how did anyone see that and go
0: yeah it's good and put it in the case and ship it because they just didn't see it and that could be a matter of like too much volume to reasonably keep too up much, with qc yeah. at the same time we know that um Fender has had a little bit of trouble keeping guitars in stock, as have a lot of brands. Yeah. Um. So then to be laying people off, it, it kind of makes me wonder if my hope, my hope is that they're pulling back the speed to focus on the quality again. I'm not sure that's the case. I think that's the big pie in the sky hope for what's happening. I don't think mm. it makes a ton of sense. That's I think that's a management issue, probably, but managers don't fire themselves. No, um, so that's that's extremely frustrating. But you know, there have been a lot of theories. I saw a lot of theories in Dylan's um, in his comments, and you know, <laughs> information isn't knowledge, and uh, opinion is the lowest form of uh, human knowledge (laughs) and this is below that I guess (laughs) conjecture hypothesizing Mm -hmm. because opinions come from hypothesis hypotheses Um, so one comment said these kinds of mass layoffs are often a precursor to a corporate sale I'd find that surprising Mm. yeah but not not without precedent um so that's one. What oh, offender gosh. is wanting to quote, go reverend and update their overseas offerings, which is interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Because uh, the idea there would be they'd make less stuff in America with Americans where it's more expensive and do more high end stuff in Mexico. Because those are really high quality guitars coming out of Mexico right now mm-hmm. or overseas uh, in Asia, most likely question do you
1: think any of this comes after that ruling in the uk uh with fender obviously do you think any of this is
0: related i wouldn't think so um how much money was that yep do you remember yep was it five was it um it was eight figures i think i think it was a pretty decent number size and also
1: the refund for people was in between the years of like what 2014
0: to 19 i mean that's also money too so someone in the comments estimated, this, is, this doesn't sound right, $11 million worth of jobs. And they were fined 4.5 million pounds in the UK. Convert translation. Yeah. $2. That'd be $5.4 million. So that that's more than that mm. even was, that class action was. So... Uh, maybe they had yeah. to cut money somewhere. It seems likely that they had to cut money somewhere, and they do that by the most expendable jobs that they feel like they have, mm-hmm. especially if you need to slow down for QC reasons. Yeah. At the same time, they cannot keep up with demand. One thing Dylan alleged, he alleged a few things, but one thing he alleged was that um, it has something to do with finances that they essentially fender pays, buys their overseas guitars on credit and then pays that company once those guitars sell and those guitars aren't selling. Yeah. But if those it's... are the guitars that aren't selling, then why are you cutting an American workforce? I mean, cash flow is good, but a whole shift when those when the guitars that aren't selling are the ones that are made in that factory? That doesn't um, make a lot of you, sense.
1: You have to pay American workers a lot more than you do typically when you outsource. So if you're going to, yeah. unfortunately, when you look at the, hmm, should I cut American workforce, which not good right now, um, versus, you know, being able no. to do it overseas, uh, in a sense that they're really trying to save money, the higher employee salaries in America, yeah, that might be a reason why they went there versus the outsourcers.
0: It would feel short-sighted because if those are the guitars, if, yeah, if they, are your- Uh, I mean, sorry, if the Asian guitars or overseas guitars are the ones that aren't selling, maybe you don't make as many of them. But to Mm -hmm. almost give a vibe of essentially reinvesting in those versus reinvesting in what's doing well seems would be very short sighted and frankly surprising. Again, conjecture. Another thing Dylan said was that Fender's having no problems moving guitars over $1,500 and a lot of trouble moving guitars under. And at first I was like, I don't know about that, but Philip from uh 40 watt pot. Was it 40 watt podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he said people who could afford a two to $3,000 guitar before can probably still afford one now, but folks that were buying more budget lines probably aren't. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There were people were sales were booming during the pandemic, yeah. uh, you know, there was a little bit of money going around. Um, people wanted a hobby, so they bought guitars or bought more guitars. There was a lot of cool stuff coming out. It's natural for demand to scale down. Something like Peloton. Peloton never anticipated that people are going to buy one bike. They're not going to buy a bunch of bikes. Um, and if you're charging that much money for a bike and it starts to fail and you need to buy a new one you're probably just not going to buy a peloton <laughs> no
1: they will <laughs> definitely go elsewhere <laughs> they
0: will not buy another bike from you yeah no so uh fender i thought was really killing it for a while every once in a while like i think when the new plant in mexico opened up there were some pretty extreme qc issues things like uh the nuts being filed like <laughs> not evenly like some would be closer together than others <laughs> Just like, oh my god oh my go gosh. home you're drunk yeah <laughs> like that's horrible <laughs> this fancy <sand> machine's drunk <laughs> 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 that kind of thing um but yeah i mean i would think that if you're spending you know 1500 dollars right now for a guitar and it comes to you and it's not fucking perfect yeah you're probably going to buy some. You're probably going to return it and buy something else. I just I cannot believe how many Reddit posts, tweets, uh, forum posts, personal experience I've had with people who just send the guitar back. Yeah. yeah. And and they're right to, to be honest. Yeah, they really are. But I, you know, I just it there. There does seem to be a sweet spot around fifteen hundred dollars where it's you're getting a really nice guitar. Um, and any, personally, like anything above that, it, it's, it's really, um, what's the word? It's just not as big of a difference, you know, a kind of, uh, it's like, it the, starts with a big curve, curve yeah. and then it kind of flattens out a little bit and maybe has a bump up somewhere else. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that could be true. I just know, I, at the same time, I'm like, people have been so stoked about Squires and people buy multiple Squires. And I kind of wonder if the the issues more in like that player plus player series player plus line, which would be a hmm. shame because I think they're really good guitars for what they are. I played my player plus Nashville Telly at a gig last night and it sounded fucking great. So The other take I may have on that is if we go back to the
1: perspective of a lot of people during the pandemic uh, picked up a guitar, they just started. So they bought into the, let's say, Squire, a kind of budget system to just get in because they didn't know, you know, obviously enough about guitar or what they should get. So their first guitar may be that kind of line and of course maybe they've been playing a year or so now, it's 2022 and they're looking at the 1500 or that because they have reached a point where I want another guitar but I want to get one with a little bit more options, with a little bit Mm -hmm. more. So that might also be what's going on, at least in trying to gauge from our starting point pandemic to now. Maybe some of those Mm -hmm. players have wanted to move up and there are fewer players right now in the beginning stages. I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. I don't really I it's all I can get kind of figure.
0: I mean, I would think that like any pandemic purchase, the churn Mm -hmm. rate of it is going to be pretty (laughs) Pretty high, uh I, I, th- I was like Wall Street Journal or New York Times or somebody just released an article that was about regretted pandemic purchase. Everything from mm. Pelotons to kayaks to yeah, outdoor out, outdoor heating lamps to dogs and pets. Yeah, like people was, bought things during the pandemic. Yeah, like think like having higher expectations for themselves and their own behaviors changing to thinking that like this was going to be this way forever. I saw something just that blew my mind. It was a stat that said something around 60% of pandemic homebuyers regret their purchase. 60% of people bought a house. And a big thing is people like moved out to the suburbs. And were like, Oh, I'm never going to commute again. And now they have to commute again. They're like, Oh, God damn it. <laughs> this is worse than living closer to downtown. And you know, a guitar is really small on that list of potentially regretted pandemic purchases. Wow, I am glad there's a little pop filter on this sure microphone. Because <laughs> um, that is positively awful. Sorry, I couldn't think of another word that started with a P. Um, it's pretty low on the list of things that you'd regret. Like you spend a couple, like five hundred to a thousand bucks on a guitar and it's yeah it's a lot at once but it's not like it's not like you can't resell it though people have been talking about having issues like selling you stuff yes
1: yes i have been having troubles yeah no again like it it has and we have entered into the uh you know buyer's market is what i've seen at least in reverb and even for me in general like i've had a few pedals that i've been wanting to sell for a while and it's like i've ended up trading instead because you know it's just if things aren't moving, things aren't selling um, in pedals or also some other gear. It definitely has shifted to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the thing gear is musical gear is it's relatively liquid if you buy the right stuff. Like there are there are things that are harder to sell than others. Uh, Harley Benton's are kind of hard to resell. I've heard Reverend guitars are hard to resell. G&L guitars are hard to resell, but a Fender guitar yeah, should be yeah. one of the easiest things in the world to resell. That's that's just the case. But if when you look at the number of like Stratocaster listings on Reverb right now, you kind of go. Like, I don't. Hmm. Hmm. I've never had trouble selling a, a Squire or a, a Fender. Well, I, I had one Squire that sold pretty slowly. It was. um one of their contemporary strats and I think it's just because partially because I got the hardtail instead of the vibrato unit there was a like I think I dropped something on it so there was like a damage a little bit of damage to it but I was surprised at how many shitty lowball offers I was getting on that one I eventually sold it for what I wanted Uh, I didn't really have to make any concessions but it it took a little bit longer and that was like a couple months ago
1: yeah, it could have been either options or, you know, your uh, uh, unintentional uh, relicking of it.
0: <laughs> Poly relics so beautifully. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the other contemporary series guitar I have was a, the Telecaster and it sold, I think, the day I listed it. No, I didn't even list it. So I just mentioned I was selling it to somebody and they're like, sell to me. I think it was one of Mine. our Patreon supporters. Sounds <laughs> on Sound Sounds Yeah, which was funny because earlier that day, like, I'd had Rat Boys, the band Rat Boys, staying in my house, and I almost yeah. just gave it to Dave. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I wanted to go through reselling that. I and think I really like that. it. Yeah. So I was like, you can have it. He's like, no, I, I couldn't do that. And then I sold it. And I'm like, oh, well, it worked out for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, again, I... I don't know Dylan. I do know Phil. I, I think Phil, I trust that there were some layoffs in that. All of that and everything that he said, I think it sounds like it was provable. Like to his, like he saw stuff with his own eyes um, in pictures, I should say. So that's like, it's not quite um, <laughs> hearsay, but it's not like <laughs> literally with your own eyes. Yeah. Um, I, again, I don't know, Dylan. I think he got some emails and stuff and talked to some people. But a lot of what he was recounting, he was trying to re-explain something that had just recently been explained to him. So I, I would take that with a grain of salt. Just because once you're trying to... Tr- like It's it's like a game of telephone.
1: Yeah. You know? It's so going to change the more yeah, yeah. people talk about it.
0: Yeah, if you don't know telephone, it's the game where people sit like... 10 people sit in a circle and they whisper a phrase into everybody's ear by the time it gets to the beginning it's often nonsense yeah because you can only mean, say it once Yep. Yeah. you can only hear it once
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of it like you might have said like hey you know there's a clown with a balloon like towards the end of it it comes around to the beginning uh and suddenly it's my dog Saw things while eating mushrooms, I mean like it really <laughs> changes its original <laughs> delivery.
0: The dog and I have that in common <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah, so it it is what it is. I think a fifty percent rework rate seems um unlikely mm. uh I think. I don't want to discount whoever provided this information, but it wasn't provided to me. I I think that, you know, what he said is it's possible, but I Here on the side of caution. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I'm trying to find something. Where is my where is my community Patreon? Because I think that might be a good time to break. And thanks, Mm -hmm. James, for joining our Patreon at $5 a month. Thank you so much, James W. I sent you a message, James, uh, but please check it and uh, let me know if you need slash want a uh, link to the Discord. Yes. Because I'd like to ask first. I don't just like to. No, of course. You sure don't want not. to
1: assume things on a whim and go here, access to this area. And they're like, no, 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 they're I, do, like, not. What the I hell? do not want Why that. Is that. No. This, also this, the
0: links, the links expire. So yes. I want to make sure he's ready for it when
1: he gets it. <laughs> ready, ready to receive it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Sometimes you have to be ready to receive information. <laughs> Remember a long time ago, there was like, so some tweet going around that went kind of viral it was like talking how to give bad news and it was like you need to message people are you in like a state of good mind? Place. Yeah, a like, good can place I, to hear information that could potentially hurt you. Yes. Like if somebody told that to me, I'd be like, "What the fuck is going? Oh no! On? I, br- I braced. Like, oh my god, what, what is it going? To-? Like, I, 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 was, but now I'm not. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. It was. It's. It's like, do you want the good news first or the bad news first? I'm like, is there's bad news? <laughs> like, I mean, you could give it to me
1: and I can, you know, obviously myself decide whether it's good or bad. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so we just we just dove into a topic this week uh, and we didn't get to talk about what's new. Joe, do you want to start? Uh, well, yes. Why, yes, I will start.
1: Running up that hill, gonna make a shame.
0: guest kate bush <laughs> <laughs> i know you probably
1: all are just tired of hearing that but i was just like shameless plug if i'm gonna do a shameless know. plug i might as well piggyback <laughs> on uh, what's popular right now what's popping what's uh, what's happening um but yeah that's, imagine, that's pretty much
0: <laughs> just imagine getting tired of running up that hill no. No. I don't I don't think we should. I think I
1: think it should be like its own theme song for the rest of twenty 2020 twenty or twenty
0: two. Yes. What am I doing? I I am just all over the place. The world would be better if we better understood each other and that's what the song's about. Yes. Uh hi Hondo. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> like, hello. Um, so another thing that you get if you join our Patreon is now uh at least for now. We can make a link so that people can watch the podcast as it's being filmed. So uh, that's another reason to join happening. the Patreon at patreon.com slash get offset for as little as $5 a month. You can get access to this. <laughs> Which is pretty cool, um, <laughs> I think. So, uh, yeah, as for me, I uh, I played a gig last night. Nice. We're recording this on Friday. How'd yeah, it, it was. It went you know, um I, I do this I, I in twenty nineteen and this year I did a series of shows called Women in Country Music that has a house band and then rotating singers who pick their songs. And um this one just felt more chaotic than usual. So it was a lot of high stress toward the end. Um we the only rehearsal we have is the day of the show and I think because we had fewer singers for this one, we started later than usual. I really wish we just started earlier Um, Mm. because a lot of the practices ended up going a little bit longer. I would have loved to have had a little bit more time for things like last minute key changes, uh, last minute structural changes, a last minute song edition. And, you know, I I think I did... I feel like I did well, and I think the sh- I think the the crowd really liked it, and the singers are just phenom- they're all phenomenal vocalists um and uh yeah it's it's the last one in the series that I'm doing it was Emmylou Lou Harris and Nancy Griffith, which is a struggle for me because it's hard to listen to Nancy Griffith's songs without crying <laughs> uh there is one there is one where the singer was doing like a solo song, just her on guitar and the pianist. And like, I'm like, like wiping back tears. It was the song Love at the Five in Time. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: I've, I've had instances of that. There are certain songs that I love and would love to play. Uh, but as a singer, I will probably go like a few verses and then like my mm-hmm. voice will crack. I'll start crying like no one wants to see or hear me. <laughs> no, one, I, I was like, OK, I really mm-hmm. want to sing this, but I
0: totally can't. I'm going to cry. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Dude, like I, I sang Across the Great Divide because we had a singer drop at the last minute. Like oh literally God. the day before. She was never gonna play with the band. She was just gonna do some solo songs. And um I I don't know if she'd even communicated what song she was singing, but she mm. at the last minute said that the show wasn't gonna work for her, didn't really give a reason. Uh, there are theories. Purpose. We have theories, you know, <laughs> yeah. bouncing around. Like no, why? Why would she did? Speaking of theories, um, you know, I don't know. It looked like she had another gig earlier that day, like a corporate um, gig. Uh, so maybe she just knew she'd be too tired. Um, that was that was my guess. Like just double booked herself and decided to not. Um, yeah. So it's it's it, it's illogical that she was just like, mm, no. <laughs> It is possible that she was just like, I don't feel like it. It's possible she was upset about something and didn't communicate it. But I, you know, when you dropping out, like I, I've had shows where I've been so stressed. I was like, I should just not do it. And then I do it. I'm I'm glad I did it, even if it wasn't like. Like uh, there was a John Prine tribute night. I wasn't 100 percent happy with my performance at that gig. I had to learn 20 songs in like a week. Uh, So that was really tough. Um, And I'm glad I did it. But there was a point where I was like, I don't know if I should. And uh, you have to keep in mind that the live music really relies on reliability. And if you say you're going to be someplace, you need to be there, even if you're a little bit late. like we're used to lateness. We don't like it, but we're used to it. No, showing up is important. You need to show up. You need to show up, or you need to get a replacement, or give yeah. enough time to find a replacement. Yeah,
1: last minute, don't do that.
0: Like, not mm-hmm. only will you lose respectability,
1: but also like you look like a d bag. Unless something really happened. I mean, things can happen. You know, emergencies. Yeah. emergencies can happen. If you are just canceling, you need to on give a, a, whim, a reason that it's yeah, an emergency. Exactly.
0: But yeah, last minute stuff, like don't do that. I yeah, mean, I mean, we've had that. people. <laughs> We had people drop out of the John Prine thing last minute because they got COVID or something or, you know, Understandable, a medical concern. Totally. Understandable. We've had people, you know, not show up to something because, you know, you need to take care of a family emergency. Yeah, Understandable. No, totally. As But you, c- I think the big thing is you have to convey that there's a reason. Otherwise, people will get kind of upset about it there was one of these gigs in 2019 i had to talk to keyboard player the pianist off of the ledge the night before she wasn't going to show up she was she was as stressed if not more stressed than i was and i was like you cannot do this you cannot put everybody in a bind like this like you Mm -hmm. said you were going to do it and you're we're going to show up I'll learn some of the parts that you're struggling with. And it's it's stressful. I know because I'm I'm as in it as she is, like not to say it's not as hard for bassists or drummers, but, you know, a changing key doesn't really matter to a drummer. Structural changes matter. Um, A bassist, you know, it's they're not often having to learn like the licks, like the pianists Mm. and the guitarists are so like last minute key changes. It's just a matter of of simple transposing. Mm -hmm. Last night I had a solo. I spent like 10 hours like getting right. Eh, that's an exaggeration, like five. But like it was an Albert Lee solo, Mr. Telecaster, for those in the know. Those are hard. It was a song Two More Bottles of Wine. And uh, so I was playing it in drop D with a capo on one because like a lot of country music it relies on like pull offs to open notes and hammer-ons from open notes and you simply cannot transpose a solo like that you you simply couldn't transpose that solo more than a half a step down and I found out the day the morning of that there was a miscommunication the song was going to be played a minor third down I was like if she'd asked for it a half step down or any number of steps up I could have accommodated it I simply could not relearn that solo and at that point in time I'm like I'm not going to um, like just improv it nothing's gonna sound right to my ears and you know yeah. going down so what I did was I, I took a second guitar and I tuned it down so it was already in drop D with on one so I tuned the other telecaster down a whole step hmm. and dropped that low string to like God was it was a a C. It must have been dropped like a drop C situation. Oh and um, it felt weird. It sounded weird. And we got to the show like I did it OK in rehearsals a couple of times. I got through the first half of the solo and I just my brain stopped working. Oh, fuck. I just stopped playing the bl- the blanking. And I hate that. Yeah, I couldn't hear myself. The guitar that That's low, it wasn't it wasn't cutting through the mix at all. It's not that it wasn't loud enough. It was like it just it didn't I don't think the song worked in that key for mm-hmm. the guitar and I should have just given the whole solo to the pianist. And I, I and I was really mad. It was the last song of the first set and that was the second set was a lot better. But No, but that um, first
1: that first song would set the tone for you and you put so much time into it and then all of this last minute like, you know, you know, shuffling around and everything. I mean, not only is it going to fluster you, but also like again, you're not going to be, yeah, it just sets the tone for the rest. You know, you can recover
0: in the second, but yeah, yeah, it it does. And I did. I did. Mm. I, you know, I had a, I had a a Tom Collins that recorded for me. Yes. And I, I I came back, I sang a song, uh, which I don't usually do. I sat out on one song I just didn't feel comfortable on. It was like a last Mm. minute blues jam edition. I'm like, I, Mm. it was like, it was like 615 and doors were 630 that we added this and I was like I'm oh, no no I'm I'm my my limit's done I'm fucking starving I haven't I haven't eaten since 11 a.m and uh yeah I I was out of snacks <laughs> <I> was, uh, <laughs> no so, snacks yeah. you're to go home that's it no snacks <laughs> and I think just how flustered I was kind of affected the first half of so like you if would. If, if I do another one of these, I'm really going to ask for some changes to be made. I, yeah, I think I I'm going to be like for the John Pride night, people came in the night before the show and we ran stuff. And I know it's really hard to coordinate that, but there are fewer singers for this. We had four We have five singers scheduled and four showed up, six scheduled and five showed up like we could have we could have worked to arrange that if, if we were given enough time in advance. And it yeah. would have been a lot. No, definitely. Uh, Less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries.
1: The next time if you guys if you work with any of these people or just in general, just try to set some boundaries of like, okay, at this point in time, this day, how many days before a show, you can't do anything, anything further. Like this is what's set. You know,
0: that's. Yeah. It's like I want people to pick their songs three weeks out, three to four weeks out. There's no reason. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to. And I want to talk to them all personally and make sure I know what key they're doing it in and like if they're making any changes are you doing it just like the album or do you do weird turnarounds Mm -hmm. like I want to have more control because like there's one there's like I always say there's a lot to be said that just being able to show up for a gig and play and I love Mm -hmm. doing that like like essentially not doing of the other work associated with like herding cats um (laughs) but like the singers are like oh. for these, we kind of took the approach of, please send charts. A lot of singers don't know how to write a chart. They'll like mm-hmm. send send like a, an ultimate guitar page, not, which yeah, is not... fine. I can make a chart from that. Yeah. I, it's, it works. But um, the one thing that we hadn't really been holding people to is film yourself playing it. So that we can watch it and see what you're doing. Because a lot of times, uh, some singers who don't have a working knowledge of theory, which is not uncommon... In my experience, they'll they'll say I'm playing it in G, and then they reach over and put a capo on two, and then they start playing G shapes. I'm like, okay, well that's an A, Mm. which is fine, but I just want to know what they're doing, so I'm not as surprised. Two days out, one day out, the day of. (sighs) I've talked about that. No, I definitely piggyback the whole thing on
1: recording yourself when you're working with other people uh, in the previous uh, band that I was with two other people. Uh, that's something similar that I did. I had songs that I, myself, cause I was playing and also singing and I recorded myself doing it so that obviously everybody would be on the same page. You know, this is basically how they're played. You can see where the capo is. Even if it's also just a audio recording, you can hear the way it is and the timing and everything. Just, mm-hmm. it's really good to be, everyone to be on the same page and on the same level, because then if, Everybody is on different, um, I guess, understanding of what's going on. Yeah, they're going to be like, well, I think it's in this or that. And then you're just going to have a huge mess on your hands that you'll have to clean up. And then there'll be arguments. And yeah, just try to right off the bat, cut straight to the chase. Like, this is how it is. Um, If we need to make changes,
0: great. But this is how I play it. Mm -hmm, For sure. And that's... It's just about communication. It's not about like I think you're doing it wrong. It's no. just like I. It's like I literally need to know how you're doing it so I yes. can best accommodate helping you. Yeah, there was. Uh, I'll cut on that. Uh,
1: as Uh-oh. far as I was, there was someone I was working with, and they were writing some lyrics. It was mostly poetry, and uh, this will also, I guess, cut into some of our questions too. Um, she was writing some lyrics and. We were writing some things to kind of change them so they fit a pattern of a song. And at one point she was like, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit what it originally is about anymore. And I was like, okay, well, I need your input. I need your help to try to gear the words to fit the pattern, one, but also I need to try to still hold true to the originality of what the story of the song is about and i need your help doing that as we work together and this was an instance where she's like well i don't know i don't know when i was writing it what i was doing i was like i we need we need to meet halfway on a bridge i really want to get this right i want to help you to maintain your originality but when you write a poem by the time it gets to the song Everything is not going to be written the way and you have to be OK with there being changes. But the important part is we hold on to the origin of what the story is. And I need your help doing that.
0: So yeah. communication is so important when you're writing music together. Mm-hmm. Writing, playing. It's, it's yeah. it, you have to be a cohesive unit. Um, otherwise, it sounds disjointed and. No, it's not super duper nope. appealing. And it's like there can be, you can have cohesion in songwriting and production mm. and not like the people you're hanging out with. Daryl nope. Hall from Hall and Oats had his most success with John Oates, Hall and Oats. And someone asked him what his favorite record was. And he's like, he said it was at the time, I think, one of his solo records. And they asked why. He's like, because I liked the people I made it with. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are two guys who don't like each other, but kind of need each other. Yeah. You know, sometimes and that can happen. Yeah. That can happen over time. Yeah. Of but um, Fender, all the alleged Fender stuff isn't the only drama yeah. that happened in the guitar world this week. I got an email a press release that said it was from like the, the now former CEO's mom <laughs> that the CEO was was terminated or whatever and I assumed it was because the most recent press release I would gotten, like surrounding Dean was that Gibson had won a lawsuit case against them hmm. and I was like oh I, I wonder if that's like why like that was my assumption but Joe you learned you learned a bit more and it's it's like soap opera shit drama <laughs> to put it
1: lightly like It is such a deep rabbit hole that I went into going back to about, uh, 2019 with this whole case with Gibson and Dean Armadillo, uh, pretty much Gibson sued, uh, Armadillo, uh, and they basically wanted them, Hey, cease and desist. I need you to stop making these guitars, uh, the flying V. The Explorer, mm-hmm. the SG Did they name them that, or was it just the, the shapes? Wing Headstock. Um, that's, Wait. well, that's basically what Gibson, I guess, is what, that's what it was written that, down.
0: Okay. Because I, I know they were using those shapes, but it sounds yeah. like they were also using some names that mm-hmm. Gibson had trademarked. Yeah, the Hummingbird, uh, the Modern, but
1: with an E at the end. Luna was the most recent I think I said the Dove Wing headstock. Um, but yeah, the, in May of uh, the 27th this year, Texas jury decide in this case awarded Gibson the win. But really, is it a win? Because originally when they were suing Dean for these infringement of these styles of uh, trademarks on these guitars and the design, they wanted to sue them for seven million dollars. And didn't so get a- that's, that's a big, if you think about it with that kind of money, you're looking to take someone out of the game for sure. Because already Dean has kind of been struggling financially in some things, which we'll get to that because that's its own bag of thing baggage that I'm going to get to too. Um, so when the jury was basically, uh, delivering their verdict. Um, instead of the $7 million, they decided, you know what, Gibson, you're not getting 7000000 million, you're getting $4,000.
0: <laughs> so that was so shit. funny. <laughs> it was funny because like Gibson, Gibson sent out like a, we won press release and Dean sent out a, yeah. we won press release. <laughs> I'm like, you know, normally in, in like mediation stuff, like the, the rule of thumb is like, if nobody's happy, then then it was a good decision, but they, they both sounded pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, well, both sides sounded happy. But again, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: getting to that because this is all unfolding. This has so many layers like it's uh, inception. <laughs> this is what this is. Um, when the jury was delivering it, obviously I said $4,000 was what they were awarded in which I kind of feel like, you know, I think a lot of people are sick of Gib- Gibson's suing in business practice like So maybe the 4,000 reflected, we're sick of your shit. Uh, But anyway, going on, uh, besides that, another reason why that amount they chose was because Gibson delayed in this uh, case by, they said, over decades they could have filed with this uh you know dean had been making guitars these styles especially the the flying v and the explorer since 1976 so they're like yo you had all this time this seems opportunistic but you waited and now you're suing them
0: yeah it's like what (laughs) happened when they they came back and were like oh we want to make the coronet and even though we let that trademark lapse and you talked to us about it previously and we ignored you now we're going to take action because we want to make them again to satellite it's, it's like that they yeah, waited so long it's like did, did you not have yeah. lawyers this whole time
1: of course I'm, and if you think yeah. about the guitars that they told them to stop making it's a it's a big part of their line i think the only guitars that it doesn't really affect because they're different enough that gibson couldn't Claim trademark is the Zero and the Vengeance. Those two models seem to be so far up? not affected because the angles or shapes are more, I guess, pointed. There's enough of a
0: design oh, difference. It's definitely Explorer expired, the Zero. And what was the other one? Uh, vengeance? The Vengeance was the other one. Vengeance. Let me look at that. Oh, yeah. It's it's just a pointier flying yeah, bee. Like so said, it's a pointier yeah, it's flora. A pointier. And point, mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically
1: said so far, those ones aren't touched. So they can make those. But when you look on the website and see how much of their models are the ones that Gibson targeted for them as of July 28th, did an injunction to, with the courts to say, hey, you really need to stop manufacturing these like for real. So that was the big bombshell that came in and it's a lot of their oh guitars. God. So they didn't get them for just the, you know, for just trying to sue them for money. Sure. They got $4,000, but Gibson's like, you know what? $4,000. Well, we're coming at you to pay us $300, $300,000 in our legal fees. We're still getting you. So that's also what they have to pay on top of. Well, the $4,000, they are like, nah, you're paying us our legal fees. So that was ruled on top of stopping the manufacture of all these models, which I think is a huge. Like if they couldn't take them out totally financially, took them out with their models, they really have to go back and rethink a lot of their lines now. Like this is a big situation, which also leads me to um, the situation with uh, Evan Rubinson and that whole thing where he after about, I think Evan
0: Rubinson, can you explain who that is?
1: Mm -hmm. Can you explain who that is? Oh, he's He was the CEO of Armadillo at the time Mm
0: -hmm. um, that this was all going. And and and, I don't think, I don't know if this was explained. Armadillo is Dean. It's like the holding company for Dean and some other Mm -hmm. brands. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, after that whole May 27th delivery of the first um, part of that Uh, court decision, Uh, he made a statement that basically said, I think shortly afterwards, the ruling, he's like, "Mm, we're not going to stop making those models. I mean, we we won. Yeah. That like that's, you know, we only had to pay 4,000, but we ain't stopping making those. And as of June 10th, shortly after he made that statement, he was told to leave, step down and his mother, Pam, took over, sent out an email saying, I'm the head of the company now. And that's another layer in
0: this Inception uh, rabbit hole that we would go through now. That's what got me. I'm like, how bad do you have to fuck up that your mom fires you? Your mom who gave you the job in the first place yeah. fires you. Like, yeah. So that was, that, that was the was start huge. for me. Like, Me too. What's going on? That's the mother? The mother yeah. just... Inspired her son. Like, there had to have been more to it. And oh, oh, yes, there is more to it. Uh,
1: as, as we uh, peel apart this onion to tell you how far this this layer of conspiracy goes. Um, I it goes beyond the comments because uh, he was caught embezzling to the um, handsome sum of Four hundred and twenty thousand dollars from his late father's company, which was thoroughbred music.
0: Allegedly, right? Oh or no! Like he ob-nigely? denies it, but
1: they have—he yeah. denies it, but there is evidence. He, he was spending it on lavish luxury things and claiming it was landscaping and other things, which their place doesn't need any landscaping. Like it's it the
0: was, is a guitar store, right? A music store. It's, is that uh, right?
1: I think. Off the top? I might. Yeah, I I would think. Yeah, if you could look that up. Uh, um, But as far as that is concerned, yeah, like he was spending lavish things. He was burning bridges with all his father's connections company wise. Like he was just not giving a fuck, uh, spending things left and right on what he wanted and labeling it as like miscellaneous things to the company. So, upon finding this, and of course the recent comments, um, I think Mom said, "Hey, you're done. We're done. And yeah, uh, yeah, you get the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, done. Get the fuck out. Oh my god. So uh, I, it's going to yeah, be an awkward Thanksgiving this year." Oh, no, no, of course. And it could have been (laughs) the fact that he was It also was tied in relation to a trust. So um, knowing, I guess, some things about like either annuity trusts or like things regarding that perhaps and I'm speculating here, uh, Mr. Evan may have been like, you know what, let me get my inheritance now. You know, uh, I don't like being limited to my means. And who knows? Like it could have been entitlement. It could have been a lot of things, but clearly not the way one should go about doing any kind of business kind of endeavors
0: (laughs) it's not the way anybody should do embezzling what no that's (laughs) definitely no embezzling is no (laughs) it's bad it's it's always never good and it's so it must be so tempting it's no, yeah, thing. It's, it yeah. is, and and also
1: the three hundred thousand dollars in uh, lawyer fees that I talked about. Gibson uh, won in this recent like in, injection as well injunction. Sorry, um, they have thirty days to pay that. Just, that's yeah, it. it's it's a it's a heavy mic drop. Like you have thirty days to pay us that. How mm. much
0: money again? Three
1: hundred thousand. Yeah, they're trying to take them out completely of the market. Like, that's the only thing I can figure. Like, if we, you know, no, I, I don't know. You that's know, what, $10,000 a day? Basically. I mean, like, that was 30000 no, Yeah, I mean, it's it maybe a little more than that. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 quite a lot in the Ballpark. short yeah. short span of time that someone's going, you know, show me the money. Like so um, yeah, like if they're gunning for you and they want to take you out, if they couldn't get them the first time, they're really trying to obviously
0: just go for it now. Drag that, drive that last nail in that coffin. Yeah, you know.
1: that's basically what they do. And again, you obviously, uh, and I'm sure some people know my my stances or feelings about Gibson. <laughs> so it's focus on making guitars. Stop running around and trying to sue all your competition to like take them out. Just stay in your lane and just do better QC and like. I mean, I get it. Uh, Dean Dean was I making it, a flying yeah,
0: but... V guitar and just calling it V. I mean, that's that seems intentionally confusing hmm. for consumers. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't. If you know about guitars, you're probably not buying a Dean over a Gibson. But if you if you're just a kid and you you're like, yeah. oh, flying V. I know a lot of cool people play Gibson flying it's, it's, V's. It's you can get a I Dean one. Yeah. yeah 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 that's the other thing i, I can afford that you
1: know mm-hmm. it's their competition
0: yeah and it's one of the few like trademarkable body shapes out there yeah. like like you can't trademark a telecaster style or you've never been able to or stratocaster style and you can call them t style or s style on top of that and you can't do that for V and Explorer for some reason. And I'm not sure why, if you do know, please leave a comment in the YouTube yeah. video about it. But what a mess. Like yeah. I, what a weird day at that company, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> oh no, of course. And yeah, just going down that rabbit hole, it was like a series of They did what? what's going on his mom like oh my god like this is just (sighs) so beyond the original like infringement like this is its layers of this should have its own like movie i don't
0: know (laughs) it's a soap opera for sure (laughs) yeah
1: as as wait wait, uh hold on as as the guitar manufacturer guitars turn
0: (laughs) (laughs) just have it be its own like soap opera or something oh yeah for sure and well thanks for recapping that. That is uh poof, that's a lot. It's a lot to take in. No, it is. It yeah. totally is. And people say guitar industry stuff isn't dramatic. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's like people totally, who say totally there's totally no emergencies do. in rock and roll, just what bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> there are absolutely emergencies in rock and roll. And if you say there's no such, no such thing as a rock and roll emergency, then you don't work in music. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to to wrap. Well, actually, it up. actually, oh no, actually, there's more. Yeah, there
1: was. There was. Oh, no no, shit. not with that. I no. Okay. I at least wanted to get maybe uh, the a few of the questions if we could just oh, get to that yeah, we asked about. Right. Yeah, at least we can get oh to some of those because I did ask a few of I you forgot. guys like to kind of give us some questions, uh, in this episode. And I think that might be a fun way to me uh, for, for, uh, us to kind of engage the both of us in a way that's with you guys out there that you're listening. So we can answer some of those. Um, one of the ones that I'm going to ask first is, um, what's
0: on your dream pedal board? I don't know if I have one. I've been trying to to get together with a company to um, make a video where I just build my own personal pedal board because I mm-hmm. haven't done that in a really long time. Uh, I just make separate ones for different gigs. But I think it would probably have the Ernie Ball, Ernie Ball volume pedal tuner. I think I'd have an Empress compressor, my Mazette. Lower drive or Robert Overdrive, um, Halberd. I th- and then after that, one. like it's just the opportunities are so endless. I, I love the Somersault by, um, by Caroline, I love the Speed Tripper by Death by Audio. I don't even know where I'd start on reverbs, um, at all. There's so many, yeah, there's so yeah. many, yeah, um, oof. I don't, I don't know if I would, I don't even know if I would want it in stereo or mono. I'd probably do mono, but I really like the float and I would love to hmm. be able to put that on a board. Um, and that shines in stereo. I wonder if it would make sense to put that like toward the end of a chain. Yeah. Towards the end might be mm-hmm. pretty fun. Yeah. Cause you don't usually put filters back there.
1: Mm-mm, that'd um, be interesting.
0: I think my dream pedal board would just be something that I can manipulate relatively easily
1: yeah, I think it would out. change a lot
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like I have my favorite drives I have my favorite com- favorite compressor um but like my, my modulation stuff and my time-based effects stuff it my preferences change there a lot and um it's what I get most excited about I think
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, I can totally relate with that because as we, I guess, go on our own like journeys over time, our tastes as far as either pedals or gear will definitely change. Like as far as like my dream pedal board, um, where I guess I currently am is I'm, I'm at that point where I'm kind of content now. So Mm -hmm. if I was to build, um, I guess a dream pedal board. It would be some of the things that I kind of was missing and I would want to experience, but haven't yet. Um, yeah. I know I would definitely like the float. I definitely <laughs> have for a while since that episode that you were, you were working on that uh, fender amp for the oil can. And I know old oh blood noise endeavors has that black fountain. So black that's fountain. on my list. Yeah. So that's on my list too, as far as my dream pedal board, it's, you know, someday soon. Uh, and also the other thing I would say, I've always wanted for a long time, and I've wanted to rent it. Uh, and it's always out of stock, much like the Black Fountain because I've been asking, uh, from (laughs) Petal Genie. Uh, I definitely have always wanted to try the Strymon Flint. People have always loved that, and I have yet to try that. But Strymon has a relatively cost high buy-in so that's why i want to try it buy it i mean not buy mm-hmm. it uh, rinse at first just to try to be sure yeah. if it's something i wanted to get maybe i'll find a used one just to be cost effective but yeah, yeah um for the most part my pedal board is kind of close to being kind of i mean i can get in and grateful and you know obviously lucky
0: to have gotten to this point um, but yeah. it's always changing i swap things out all the time yeah for sure um I think we have time for one more quick question and maybe we can save because uh, I'd like to wrap course, up soon. Of course, of <laughs> course. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll,
1: do, I'll do pretty much uh, another question that's really quick that I'll answer like right away because uh, it's not really a debatable one. Uh, Lady Dragon Song says, petals, how do I get more of them? Well, I guess my response to that would be when um, a mommy petal and a daddy petal <laughs> love each other. Very much. very much. They, uh, you know, obviously make plans and, you know, more pedals come from that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of, uh, situation. Um, but yeah, the other thing I guess I will say is this is another one, which I think you may be better at answering this from me, uh, than me. Um, let me see. What is the most versatile pickup pickup arrangement for a Strat and Les Paul style guitar? And what is your favorite?
0: That's an easy Possibly. one. Yeah, it's probably
1: not. An easy what one, is the most yeah.
0: versatile pickup arrangement for a Strat and a Les Paul? I don't understand the question, to be honest. Um, uh, I guess. I would, I think H2 uh, on a Strat, I think it would be two single coils and a humbucker that's splittable in the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just generally going to be the most versatile pickup setup you can get. I... I, I Versatile with a Les Paul would, I would, I mean, that's just preferences. I prefer P90s over humbuckers uh, and a Les Paul, though I usually play them with um, uh, humbuckers is what I've gotten to play. I don't, it's just like, I don't know. I just, I like the junior style guitars with a single pickup, like a single P90. That's, that's what I prefer. Um, Subjective, really. Yeah. Everyone's preferences. Yeah they're just uh, ver- versatility. I think the um HSS strats probably the most versatile and uh I wish I had one hmm. <laughs> it's okay um yeah the pedals how to get more of them i mean you 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 buy them you trade around yeah. for them um i know i know people want me to say like starting a demo channel but uh you gotta like if you start a demo channel you gotta start with stuff that you own there's really yeah, no other way rent. to do it Renting, yeah, yeah renting Renting's a good way to try out a lot of stuff but uh yeah that that could be a whole different topic is you no, of course, but... actually start getting pedals when you film demos and the truth is uh it's kind of a mix of outreach after you've establish yourself enough and have some product that you're proud of and uh organic people coming to you because they like your your demos yeah i think that's yeah. so basically how do you get more pedals you got to buy them or you got to work really hard to start yeah you got to put the work coming. in
1: there's there's no gravy train there's no free ride really you still have to make the demos no you shortcuts to, obviously quality is obviously yeah yeah there's no shortcuts there's, no skipping you still steps. have to work no mm-hmm. no there's yeah. a lot of work that goes into it
0: Cool. Um yeah, well I think that's actually a good place to end it. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I have anything coming up that I want to talk about for this. I have some demos in the pipeline, but nothing nothing that people should be looking up. Well, you should be looking out for all of them. But yeah, um, I, was, nothing I was gonna say, like no, of
1: course they should be.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should be looking out for all of them, but nothing specific uh right now. Um because my schedule can it can change. Hmm. So uh yeah, it does that. Um, but yeah, just a lot of exciting stuff cooking that I can't really talk about yet is is the gist of that. Um, how about you? Anything people should look out for other than the mod demo you just released?
1: Um, Anything else further, I guess, that uh, is going on? I will probably from this point, uh, take a short kind of, you know, uh, maybe like a week or so break because it's been nonstop uh, this past week and making like little promos. And again, like I am a one woman show. So I have to, on top of making the demos, I have to be my own marketing person. I have Mm -hmm. to obviously post these things everywhere, make promos, like multitask in ways that my brain, you know, doesn't show a shut off and I'm still you know obviously having trouble sleeping because it's like well what about this yeah. did you do this can we do that hey well the only thing you could have done that but you didn't too late now <laughs> Dude, so yeah it's yeah. always yeah it's always like okay we'll do it next time how do we improve like um mm-hmm. so yeah the next demo um I have some possibilities of who the next person could be for the animated demo um mm-hmm. I haven't heard back from them and I asked them I guess like a month or so ago but they also, like me, am a single person operation, so I know they're probably also busy and they answer their own emails. So, um, if I don't hear from them, it'll probably be me moving on to a pedal I already have, and it'll probably be me, you know, testing out the uh, Figaro character as the next uh, character that I will be explaining a pedal with. So, that'll be fine. That's gonna be really exciting. That. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Great. Well, um, thank you to everybody out there. Please like, comment, subscribe for more of this. Subscribe. As well as... Oh, there it was. Uh, for more of this, um, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, please. You can actually watch the video episodes of the podcast in Spotify now. It's really cool. And apparently there's like... Sometimes there are little... Bonus features in there, like uh, multiple choice questions, and like you can put your <laughs> response into things that sh- could be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, you know, everybody just know that I really appreciate you. Really appreciate y'all um, watching, listening. So as always, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for understanding. You're not saying my line this time. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, my name is Emily. I'm Jonah Hart. Goodbye. Goodbye.